to Save Six Figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. Oh, I am so excited for today's episode. This is a topic that I have been meaning to cover in a in a podcast, in something a little bit more long form for a while now. And it just is one of those things that it always got pushed. There was always a launch. There was always a thing. So we have finally gotten to the time that we can talk about this. It's something that is implicit in my work as a financial coach, and I want to make more explicit. So today we're going to talk about spending. We're going to talk about how to spend well and how to stop spending badly. And I think that this is like, I feel like I need to make a whole curriculum out of this or something, but this is such an important part of financial coaching and of financial wellness and of being a good steward of your money. Because how you spend your money is how you spend your life. I truly believe that. How you spend your money is how you spend your life. And whether you don't even pay yourself at all right now, if you have a low owner's pay, uh, or if you're not making six figures yet, or if you're making, you know, seven figures, you're paying yourself 30K a month, this applies to everybody. We all spend money. We all spend money. So if you want to live well, you have to learn how to spend well. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So just like we have to learn, especially as entrepreneurs, we spend a lot of time learning how to earn money. We then also have to learn how to save money, which is what we do inside of my 12-month program, Six Figure Saver. Then we also need to learn how to invest our money, which is what we do inside of the Seven Figure Wealth Mastermind. We need to learn all of these skills And also, we need to learn how to spend well along the way, because regardless of which one of those things you're working on right now, you're always going to be spending. Spending is a constant in this life. So let's talk about what does it even mean to spend well, because I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts that I want to share with you. Um, Let's start with number one. I love this thought experiment. If you were to replace the word expense in your vocabulary, and if you were to swap out that word for the word investment instead, would you be happy with the way you're investing your money? So I want you to look at your business and where you're spending money in your business. And I want you to also look at your personal life and where you're spending money in your personal life. I want you to swap out the word expense and replace it with the word investment. Is there anything that you're investing in that is not bringing you an ROI? Because let me let me pull up actually the definition of the word investment and the words expense right now. So the word expense as defined by Google is the cost required for something and the money spent on something. So we're really talking about just spending money, letting go of money to acquire something. Now the word investment is defined as the action or process of investing money for profit or material result. I think that part is really interesting. Material result. So if we were to swap out the words expense for the word investment, 
we would be looking for an ROI or a material result of everything that we spend money on. Yes, everything, including your bills, including your groceries, including your rent, including everything. So I would do what I would call a an ROI audit of all of my expenses, i.e. investments. Is this bringing me a monetary ROI? Is this bringing me a happiness or a joy ROI? Is this bringing me a peace ROI? Is this bringing me a time ROI? Is this bringing me a health ROI? Is this bringing me a relationship ROI? When we do an investing audit for every single dollar that you spend, and when you ask yourself these questions, I want you to first gather the information, right? Like this is bringing me definitely a health ROI, or this is not. Maybe it's bringing me a negative ROI. And I want you to be absolutely ruthless with cutting things that are not creating an ROI in your life. And an ROI does not have to be monetary, right? And then on the flip side, I want you to be overwhelmingly generous with the things that are creating massive ROI in your life. I'll give you a really small example. Um, I love this one shampoo from a spa in the Catskills of New York. And they had it at this hotel that I went to in Malibu. And I I went to this hotel a couple years later. I found like the, the little sample bottle from the hotel room that I had brought home. And after a move, I had used that shampoo because I couldn't find my normal shampoo. And it instantly brought me back to Malibu and that hotel room in Malibu. The scent, the smell was so wonderful. And, oh, I loved it. I love, and it was just so luxurious. And I went on the website and it was like $30 for a little, not even a large shampoo, like a small shampoo, which to me just seems like so expensive, right? But if I'm replacing the word expense with the word investment, is my $30 investment in this shampoo bringing me an ROI? And with that, when I framed it that way, I'm like, this is bringing me an exorbitant ROI in relaxation, in peace, and in joy. Like, Every time I get in the shower now, I'm transported back to Malibu. That's absolutely worth $30 for how many washes, right? It's not just like $30 per wash. (laughs) And so it made me want to be generous with that expense. Meanwhile, I'm spending $15 on shampoo from Kirkland from Costco that is doing nothing for me other than offering utility. And it is a much bigger ROI for me to spend more money on the shampoo than spend half the money and cut expenses elsewhere in things that aren't bringing me an ROI. Stuff that I may be spending money on that is not bringing me joy, right? It's a little bit like Marie Kondoing your expenses. So that's the first thing when we talk about spending well, I want you to think about everything as an investment And then be ruthless with cutting what is not serving a purpose and be generous with increasing the quality of spending in the things that are bringing you ROI. So to give another example, right? Like when it comes to my groceries, I am happy to spend money on 
good, healthy food that I enjoy and I love, and I'm happy, happy to spend money on the expensive cheese. And recently, actually over the last, I would say, two or three years, I have been ruthless with cutting my grocery bill in areas like alcohol, where we have stopped consuming as much alcohol because it wasn't creating the ROI for the cost that it was costing us, not just the cost in dollars, but the cost in other ways as well. And, and so like, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. And the other thing here too, that I want to be so clear about is you get to decide. There's no committee on what is a good ROI and what's a bad ROI for you. So you get to decide and no one else gets a say in what you feel has an ROI and what doesn't. So you can do this in your business and in your personal finances, and I recommend you do it in both. Okay, number two, spending well. Asking yourself, are you a leader of your money? You are the decider. You are the leader of your money. And I think oftentimes we very much can feel led by our money, like our money decides. Our money decides what we can and can't afford. Our money decides what we can and cannot do. And I just want to remind us all that money is an inanimate object that has no conscious, no spirit, no soul, whatever you want to call it. Money has no agenda. It is not calling the shots. You are. So spending well means You have to have a point of view. You have to be the one to create a plan. You have to be the one to say what your desires are and then figure out how it's going to happen. Your money will not do that for you. Your money does not have a point of view on what spending well means. Your money will not create a plan for you on how to achieve goals. Your money is not calling the shots. And I know it can feel like that very deeply oftentimes, but I want you to remember that you are the leader. And if you are not in the leadership role right now, you can step up and take that role again. And this, I think, kind of goes into the next point around spending well, which is ideal state first, incremental steps later. So this is how I think about the tactical part of actually leading my money. This is how I do it. I do this with my clients. I do this with myself. Ideal state first, incremental steps later. So the first thing I ask myself is, do I have an ideal state version of what my spending could look like? And by extension, what my life could look like? Like, yes, I have circumstances. I have a certain amount of money I earn. I have a certain amount of money I spend. I have certain obligations in my life, right? I do have a set of circumstances, but if I were to give myself a blank piece of paper for just a moment and step out of my circumstances and ask myself, what is the ideal state version of my life? No, no, uh, boundaries, no constraints. What would the ideal state version of my life be and my business be? I can answer that question, right? There's certain ways we can go about this. Where do I want to live? How do I want to spend my days? Where, what do I want to eat? What do I want to do? Like, what do I want to drive <laughs> or not drive? 
I think that there's so many ways to start pulling out the answer to this question of the ideal state version of my life. What do I want my business to look like? How much do I want to work? What do I want my team to look like? What do I want my offers to look like? And I want to be clear that like ideal state first, incremental steps later can feel sometimes a bit daunting if you feel like you are directionless. And I've coached people through this before where they're like, I don't know what my next goal is. I don't know what my ideal state is. I don't know what I want. And in those moments when you don't know what you want, I think everybody goes through those moments in life, by the way. I think it's important to remember that you may not have a 100% crystal clear version of what your ideal state life looks like. You may not have that vision, but you probably have 5% or 10% of that vision or 1%. And so articulate what you do know. You do know something about your desires and your goals. And and you probably definitely know what you don't want. So write that down, right? Just start by articulating what you do know, because oftentimes visions don't come 100% fully formed. We have to kind of uncover them as we go. So that's question number one. What is your ideal state? And by extension, what does your ideal life look like? And that is so important to articulate because so often we're kind of on autopilot mode. We're on a predetermined path. We are sitting or standing at point A and we're just ambling down a path that we have been placed on. Oftentimes unintentionally, not to say that we're living a life we don't want or we're living a life uh, devoid of choice or we're living a life that we feel no agency in, but more that We're just going down the way we were told, right? Whether it's from our parents, our coaches, our friends, our mentors, whoever. Like, I I think that this is super common with, um, you know, I go to college and I get a degree and I meet someone and I get married and then we have a baby and then we buy a house with a picket fence and then the babies go to school and then we get a dog. And it's kind of like this predetermined path. Even if it's not so cliche, you may be on some predetermined path that you have been placed on. So a little bit of the ideal state exercise is to take a step outside of that path for a moment and look up and say, well, where could I be going? So once we have that, you want to be incredibly intentional about what that point B is, that ideal state, even if it feels completely out of reach right now, like maybe what you articulated while doing your ideal state seems insane. (laughs) or seems really, really difficult or seems so far away from where you're at now. And that's okay because the next thing we're going to do is we're going to plop you back on point A. So now we have point B, you're at point A, and we're going to ask you, how can you take one step toward that ideal state from where you are now? It's a little bit of like, let's get off that predetermined path that you were ambling down and let's start taking intentional steps towards the ideal life. Even if the fully fleshed out ideal life is unachievable right now. This is spending well. And this comes back to like, in order to do that, we may need to rearrange how you are spending and what you're spending on. I think that a great example is that shampoo that I love, right? Like I ideal state 
I would love to have a house in Malibu. I love Malibu. Oh, I just, I would go on walks in the morning on the beach and get my feet in the water and maybe I would learn how to surf and I would definitely have a house walking distance on the beach or on the beach itself and oh, just the sea air. I love it. I love Malibu. And for now, I have the shampoo. (laughs) I have the shampoo that reminds me of Malibu and I love it. Or I can go and take trips to Malibu a couple times a year, right? Or maybe a couple times every up every couple years. How can I take steps towards my ideal life now without necessarily having all of the financial means to make the full realized version happen? Another way I could do this too, right, is maybe I maybe I don't have enough to buy the house in Malibu yet but maybe I could start creating a financial plan for how I could get there in the next 10 years, right? I think that that also requires that I don't shame myself for not having that idealized life now and that I allow myself to have ample timelines and I can also feel good along the way on that timeline, right? Like a house on the beach in Malibu is like $40 million. They're really, really expensive, totally out of reach for me right now. And what would I have to do to get there? I don't really know, but I can start figuring it out. I can start trying to articulate it. Like the answer might be, well, I have to be making a million dollars a month. Okay, well, what would that take? What would that look like, right? So it's less about shaming yourself for not having it and more about how can I rearrange my spending so that I am enjoying my life more now and creating more ROI with my spending now And how can I have that ideal state in mind that I'm working towards instead of just going down a predetermined path that I've been just kind of unconsciously ambling down? That is what I think spending well means. You're leading your money towards an ideal state and you're spending your money now in a way that's creating the ROI that you want that only you can decide. So going back to the thesis of this episode, how you spend your money is how you spend your life. So how are you spending your money? Are you spending it well? Are you happy with the way you're spending it? Do you like the reasons you have for spending the money the way you are now? Is there room for improvement? Is there room for ruthlessly cutting stuff that isn't bringing you joy? ROI, time, peace, health, relationships, money, whatever? And is there room to be more generous and increase the quality of your spending in the places that are creating ROI? That's what I'll leave you with today. I'll have you have a think on that. And let me know. Let me know what what this brought up for you. Let me know if anything changes because of this episode. I would love to have a dialogue about this. Um... And that's all I have for you today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would absolutely love it and be so honored if you gave gave us a review wherever you're listening. If you shared with your friends and your peers on social media, go ahead and tag me at Gina Knox. I would love to see it. And, And then if not, I will see you guys next week and we'll keep it going. All right. Take it easy.